Welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and in this episode, author of Personality Isn't Permanent and Willpower Doesn't Work, Dr. Benjamin Hardy is back for his third episode in this three-episode series. And today, Don will be talking with him about personal and high-level business goals, along with the best action that can be taken to ensure that they are met most effectively. So if you or anyone that you know is feeling stuck on anything, then I'm glad you found this series. But also be sure to be subscribed to the show because we have got so many more amazing guests coming on that you will not want to miss. And if you haven't already heard them, be sure to go back and listen to the two other episodes that Dr. Hardy did with us. They are truly fantastic. And when you're ready to start your own podcast or kickstart marketing for your company, you can always visit us at AmplifierX.com. But as always, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. I do want to cover this other part of your book, which is the four levers of personality, because I I think this is really powerful. And it was really insightful for me in terms of whether you're moving toward your future self or you're redefining yourself towards... Uh, and I see this with a lot of people who define their current self and limit their future self because they're defining themselves by their past self. So why don't you just tell us about these four levers um, of, of personality? Because this part of the book was just fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. You know, and all of us have gone through hard experiences, you know, so the first one is trauma, just any negative emotional experience that impacted you, you know negative experiences can be internalized and those experiences then can shape your, your identity. You know, you, if someone tells you you're, you're terrible at math, just as an example, which is one of the ones I use, you could then form that as an aspect of your identity. And so then you don't see yourself as someone who can do math. So now you have zero flexibility or imagination towards that. You've got zero future self in that dimension. Um, Obviously, that's just one aspect of it. I mean, so I, I break down trauma and how trauma occurs. And obviously, we all have negative events, you know, whether it's being bullied, whether it's having your parents divorced, whether it's being in an abusive relationship, whether it's going to war. I mean, we have crazy events that occur, but none of those events are, are actually like how you interpret or the meaning you give to those events is actually up to you. Um, and that's really the key. I mean, if someone tells you you're bad at math, that doesn't actually mean you're bad at math. That means that you can either choose to agree or disagree. <laughs> you know, like you can give meaning to that. And I share the story of a distant relative of mine who was embarrassed in a private art class. And she had the dreams of doing children's books. She was brilliant. But because she was embarrassed by a private, you know, by her teacher in a private art class, she formed the narrative in her mind that she can't draw um, and that she shouldn't do that in the future. And when, you, when, you've, when you've created that, we call that a cognitive commitment, but often these negative experiences can lead you to becoming incredibly rigid. Uh, and that's really what trauma does. It's such an, a negative emotional impact. And then you form a story around it that you can't deal with. You don't deal with it. In fact, you avoid it. And usually it leads to unhealthy coping mechanisms, but you definitely don't become flexible to handling it. Um, instead, you, you become rigid emotionally. And so you can't handle your emotions well. And that obviously stunts your growth and your learning and leads to strange behaviors. Um, so trauma is something that we've all dealt with and something that we can reframe. And in the book, I, I give about 150 journal prompts um, for free, reframing former experiences, for shaping future experiences. But um, I think the goal is that the past becomes information. I've actually talked to Dan about this a lot. Dan and Babs have done a huge amount of 
therapy work and other forms of work, energy work and stuff like that. And Dan said, he essentially has no past. That doesn't mean he doesn't have memories, but he doesn't have hooks in his past. He doesn't have things that trigger him and pull him back where he then goes through a, a repetitive loop and he gets stuck. Um, and I think that that's the key is you want your past to be information you can use rather than emotion that's kind of driving you towards more limiting goals. And you can do that. You can reframe any negative experience and you can change your memory towards that. So the first key lever is, is trauma. The second one is your identity narrative, just the way you explain yourself. I make the argument that you should explain yourself based on your future self. Because when you start telling everyone about your goals, you then start to believe it more. You know, you start to want it more and you start to create an environment around you that holds you accountable to those goals. You can also see immediately the people who will discourage you and they want to keep you as your current or your former self to make themselves feel comfortable. And so by telling everyone about your goals, you'll feel far more compelled to do it and you'll be far more committed to creating an environment around that. Um, so your identity narrative is huge, just how you define yourself. And for me, it's just interesting when you really realize how big this is to hear how people explain themselves. I mean, people are so definitive about their labels and about their weaknesses that of course they're going to be rigid and they're not going to be actively and courageously pursuing a future self to destroy those weaknesses. The other two are subconscious and environment, just about how your subconscious will, how your subconscious works and how you can upgrade that through behavior and investments in yourself and things like that. And then obviously environment and about shaping an environment to direct your future self rather than to keep you the same person you are. I mean, one of the biggest predictors of personality is your social circle. And, and also just your roles. I mean, these things really predict everything about who you are. And so if you're serious about becoming someone new, you've got to be really conscious of the information that comes in and the, the situations you're in and the people you're around. Yeah. I mean, I, I say it all the time to people who are in my life who are struggling with this whole idea of past. And I can see it's tied back to some trauma uh, of some sort, strict parent, or, you know, they had a rough upbringing. I mean, I, I have a similar story in what happened in my life uh, to Joe Polish with a death and, a, and some abuse. Um, my, my father died and uh, I, I had some struggles in my family that turned into substance abuse. But I had a first domino uh, when I was uh, about 14 years old. Uh, I had this Jesuit priest who was the principal of the high school where I went to army cadets. And he caught me, uh, you know, in a real bad place where I was, I was drunk at a school dance and he could have called the police and he could have called my mom, but instead he uh, recognized that I was in the cadet corps in that school and he pulled me aside um, and said, come see me on Thursday. And then he started to give me some coaching and some guidance and it totally transformed how I viewed what was ha ha what had happened in my life. And, and wow. it really, re it was massive. And, you know, I mean, that's that never, empathetic witness, right? hundred percent. And, you know, I haven't seen him in 30 years. Um, and I told my wife about this when we were at Joe's uh, genius network event, when Joe introduced this idea of the first domino and it just, it hit me like, it hit me like a ton of bricks that this person was a domino who probably gave me a total course correction of what my life could have been based on the circumstances that, that I, I had lived through for those years from age 11 through age 14. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, totally got discipline and focus and, and drive as opposed to 
you know, really falling into, um, you know, th 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 those traumatic events to this day. And, um, you know, my life, like no one else's has been perfect. And I used to measure my life by milestones where things didn't go well. And then I had to pivot. Um, I remember, th I always used to think there was a milestone of, yep, my dad died that year. Uh, that happened, you know, uh, you know, and a variety of relationships failed and whatnot that happened over a 10 year period. And, you know, it, you know, looking back, I'm grateful that all that stuff happened for me, uh, that it transformed me. I, I can look at the plot, the negatives that happened, you know, those traumatic things and, and change my story in a way that it's now fuel for growth as opposed to what's holding me back. And, and for a lot of years, I was like, you know, I had anger and frustration about a bunch of these things and it was, I was externalizing it. And now I internalize and go, you know, there's not a thing in my life that I would change because everything that has happened to me um, or was for me because it made me who I am today and it put me on the path that I'm continually moving forward on. The, the interesting thing about that is the, and you talk about it in there with your, the narrative that you tell yourself is that I can tell my story about, oh, woe is me, or I can tell my story that all those things are great because it made me who I am today. And I'm actually <laughs> pretty happy with who I am today and even more happy with where I'm going because it's goal-based and it's really about become, creating a bigger future. That, this whole idea of future self is just so inspiring, intriguing. And I think if, if there's one thing in your book that people can use as fuel is just just define yourself by your future self and then use everything that you talk about in that book to reframe your story so that you can, you know, create that purpose going forward. I just thought it was fascinating. I and, love it, and you know, it was such a powerful set of tools that you put in there, Ben. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it is, what I love about what you're saying is it's all about a meaning. I mean, you can give whatever meaning you want to your, your past. You can give whatever meaning you want to, to the day. You know, like it yeah. could be a bad day or you could say, you know what, I learned a lot from today or, or, you know what, I'm just glad I'm alive. I mean, you get to choose how you frame any experience and that, that we have that same liberty over even experiences that occurred 40 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. Like we, we can choose to frame our future and our past in ways that are intentional rather than just the way we felt about it the moment occurred. So, I mean, it's a... I think it's, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, to me, it's really I inspiring. Other, I think the other part that for me, that was just as valuable. I mean, it was very introspective for me. I, that was sort of the first level of value I got. The second level of value I got is it, it, it really helped me create a frame of reference for having really true empathy for anyone that I'm working with or that I'm in a relationship with in my family or in my businesses or even with, with clients to, to understand that they have a personality that's framed with those four levers and to be empathetic towards that so that, you know, I can add value and help as opposed to being judgmental of however they're presenting themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you as a coach or you as an advisor can help them with that future self and kind of help them to maybe reshape some of the meanings of their, the things that keep them stuck. Right. And you can help them to get that narrative towards their dreams and their goals and help them develop the courage and the confidence to pursue those and to create that environment. And so I, I mean, I think that that's what coaching is really all about or whatever form of work you do is to, to do that. So 
Yeah, I do think that that's really what it does is not only should you have empathy towards others, but also empathy towards your former self. That, that person is not someone to get mad at. That person, especially from your perspective, is someone who deserves empathy. They were dealing with a lot of stuff, right? And you can recognize you're not that person today, but at the same time, that that former version of you deserves empathy. And so it's, yeah, that's that's great, man. So Ben, uh, our, we're, we're already over time in terms of your schedule. I want to be respectful of that. Um, What's one thing that people can do to take action as a result of reading your book? Yeah. Um, so they say that the number one regret that people have on their deathbed is that they didn't have the courage to be the person they wanted to be. Instead, they lived up to the expectations of those around them, or at least what they thought the expectations of those were around them. And I think that that's really the first step is, is to have the courage to be the person you want to be. Yeah, and and that, that you, anyone can start there. It's just I would say start in your journal and say, where do you want to be? You know, where would you ideally be? Or where would you love to be, you know, in a year or two years or three years? Or you, I mean, you can go even further, but I think, and then the next step, once you've given yourself the time to actually frame that. And I think that one of the things that Daniel Gilbert says is, is that people don't predict the future because they don't take the time to imagine it. Take the time to actually think about what you would love your circumstances to be and your characteristics. Um, and there's, I think that this is where you don't, you don't really hold something back out of a fear of failing. You know, that's the fixed mindset. It's just, this is what I would want. And then, yes, it takes courage, but I would then start telling people, tell people about your goals. I think that we often hide our goals, just like we hide our traumas. And I think there's certain things that anyone who's listening to this would love to be doing, and maybe they've shared it with a few people, but what would happen if you really thought about it and if you started sharing it with everyone? What would happen if... You start, you know, and this is what Cameron Harold talks about with the vivid vision. But it's like, what would happen if you just started sharing your vision with everyone? You'd immediately start to feel far more compelled to start doing it. Uh, you'd start to feel more accountable to that vision. You'd start to get more committed to that vision. Maybe you'd start investing in that vision. So I would, I would challenge people. There's no shame in telling people what you want. It's okay if you might fail. It's okay if some people might not support you. Um, this, this allows you to remove the ego. And it allows you to admit that you're not... You're, you're not where you want to be yet, but this is where you genuinely and authentically want to go. And you would be inauthentic not to try. You'd be dishonest not to go for it. And so that would be my invitation. Does that take courage? Yes. Courage is the doorway to change. Courage is the doorway to growth. And the bigger your future, the better the present, as Dan says. You, know, you want to have a, a present, a day-to-day -day life where you're living intentionally and courageously and breaking through obstacles. And uh, that's a great start, is defining your future self. And it could be 20 years out, in my opinion. I, I really like two to three years out because that's close enough that you can really start working towards it. And then telling people about it and just not being ashamed. And I think that that will really lead you to many other opportunities. Fantastic. Defining your future self. I love everything about that. So I want to help you, you know, help you reach what you want, which is to sell 10 million copies of this book. And I genuinely think that, you know, that the 10 million people who buy this book are going to could change their lives with this book. This it's so fantastic. Yeah. And you know, on my website, you can go to benjaminhari.com and you can see a video of me explaining that anyone who gets the book will get access to three free online courses I've got a course that breaks people through the book. I've got a journaling course, which I've sold to 10,000 people. Uh, I also have a blogging course, which I did at Genius Network, actually, where I, uh, I did a full day training where I taught my strategies for getting 100 million blog views and getting a six-figure book deal. I actually give away the book deal for willpower doesn't work uh, as far as the book proposal. But 
yeah, anyone who gets the book and goes to benjaminhurry.com, there's so many additional free resources there. So Ben, I'm going to buy copies of this book for all my offices and put in my library. It's going to be my new, uh, uh, my new Bible that I'm going to keep near me with <laughs> lots of notes. Um, it's going to be, I apologize in advance. It's going to be marked up and dog-eared with sticky notes on it. because I, I love it. Be that's, that's a good book right there. I, I, I can't wait. So uh, I've got it. Obviously you sent me an advanced PDF copy to read and I've been uh, consuming it twice now. Uh, but I can't wait to get my hands on that physical copy. And I can't I'm wait for you to have it too, man. I'm going to have a couple of copies, one at each of my, probably three. I'm going to keep one at my desk in my home office, one at my, uh, my work office, and probably one by my bedside table, just so I can refer back to it because it's, it, it is packed full of actionable insight that can help people transform their lives their lives of their people around them to create empathy and help people in a different way by really understanding where people might be coming from and how you can apply that to your companies and amplify, uh, amplify people's future. So this idea of future self is fantastic, Ben. I really want to thank you for joining us on this today. It was an honor and a privilege to, uh, to chat with you. Yeah, man, you and Wyatt are awesome. Totally a huge pleasure. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. If you wish to get in contact with or read any of their books, Don Cooper and our beloved guest, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, then you can do so anytime at the links in the description. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. It truly does help us out a lot. Thank you so much for listening again, and we will see you next time on the Amplifier Podcast.